I asked the Lord, what was the message for Evangel for the new year? And listen, I, some of you don't go to Evangel. Some of you are going to go back to your home church and all that. And we're, we're, that's awesome. But I felt like this is, this is the message that God just has laid on my heart. Um, I, I, Wednesday night, I gave kind of a form of this. But every preacher knows that as you get to chew on it with God for a while, he breaks it down a little better for you. So I've chewed on it for a while. And this is the word I feel like God has for us. Turn to Psalms 133. He said, how, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head that runs down of the, on the beard, even Aaron's beard, and going down to the collars of his garment. As the dew of Hermon that ascends upon the mountain of Zion, for there the Lord has commanded the blessing, even life forever. Verse 1. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. I pray that you have your way. God, I pray that they only see your son. And what we sing about, the blood has set us free. And it will never lose its power. We love you, Jesus, so much. Come walk amongst our midst, Lord. Touch our hearts today. Encourage your people with your love. Amen. When we I've referred to Morgan, and when we first got here, the Lord began to speak to us one thing and one thing alone to start praying that the love of God would be here. And I can't tell you how many people would walk in the door. And it wasn't the program. It wasn't the marketing. Because let me tell you, back then, that was 17, I guess, February will be 18 years ago. Or February will be 17. 17 years ago, there was no marketing. I didn't even know what marketing was. I was a 19-year-old youth pastor that had no clue. But what we did do is when people walked in the doors, they met the person, Jesus Christ. They didn't meet a Lankford. They didn't meet anybody but Jesus. And that's the new year. What we have to do is get the love of God back in our lives. And the year and the word for this year to us is unity. Now, let me tell you what happens. We think that what we need in the church, and I've prayed this way for years, what we need in the church is a great move of the Holy Spirit at the altar, and that will unify us. Well, that's unbiblical. In Acts chapter 2, they were all together in one accord. I always read that as a kid and was like, a Honda? Accord? But I remember my little NIV Bible. I was like, what? I want a cord. That's a lot of people. And then, that was a joke. I'm sorry. It was cheesy. But they were all together, and they were all united, and they were all in it together with one purpose and one passion. And then the Holy Spirit fell. See, it's opposite. We want the Holy Spirit to come and do for us what we should be doing for ourselves. Come on. Listen, when we go to summer camp, them girls get up there and they're getting ready to get dolled up for the night service. I have no idea why. We're in the middle of the woods. And I'll get this phone call. Cabin 2 doesn't have power. Well, I know why Cabin 2 doesn't have power. You run four blow dryers and five straighteners and curling irons and rods and whatever they got. What happens? The breaker flips, right? Does the power, you listen to me, does the power 220, I think it's 220, run into that building 
Does the power ever stop? No. What stops? The breaker flips. What's happening in our churches is that the breaker in people's life is flipped. God's power hasn't stopped moving. God hasn't stopped healing. God hasn't stopped delivering. But what happens is, is everybody in the pew begins to think that my little offense and my little gossip and my little thing I get in my heart has no impact on the service and it has everything to do with the service. You are the breaker that's flipped. The power is flowing. It's time. Man, I feel this. It is your responsibility for unity. It is my responsibility for unity. Don't come up here waiting on some supernatural miracle. You get alone with the Lord every day. And you begin to talk to the Lord. Listen, unity does not mean sameness. I'm just going to preach for a second. I'll go back to those in a second. Unity does not mean sameness. When I used to hear unity, I would think that we all had to be like drones together at the church. We all move. And listen, there is a movement together. There is a one heart and there is a one way. That's an Old Testament covenant. How will you know that we are, anybody in the world knows that we're his disciples, our love for one another? But that started way back in Jeremiah's days. It's not we're all the same. It's what unites us is we all have the same purpose. You watch some of these baseball teams preseason? Man, there's no way. You might as well not even have the World Series. This baseball team's going to win. They're so good. They're so talented. And they can't even make it to the playoffs because there's all a bunch of individuals. But you get that team that nobody picked in baseball, and all of a sudden they win the World Series, and you're like, where did they come from? I'll tell you where they came from. They were different people and different individuals, but they all got behind the same purpose. Listen, that is an application for the church. You have to get the purpose is the lost. It's always been the lost. It'll always be the lost. Everything we do has to be about the lost. You say, well, what does it matter? Look, John 17, do you have that? Put that up for me. Last prayer of Jesus Christ. I do not pray for these alone, talking about the disciples, but for those who believe in me through their word. Now, how many of you in here believe that Jesus Christ is the Lord through his word? Okay, 80%. We're doing good. Jesus Christ himself prayed for us. You think God doesn't answer his prayer? Who's the problem? 21. That they all may all be one. Now, me and Bethany are two separate total people. She's Buddy the Elf. And I'm the cynic. I'm like, I don't know about all that. But you know what? We have a unity. We have a union. We're different individuals, but we're working for the same purpose. And we're united. We're one. The two become one, right? She's still got her personality. I've still got my personality, but we're one. So I don't want you to read this and think, this is something that God said that's not attainable. This is attainable. 
When you get along with the Lord and he begins to keep that up, pump the vision that he has for the church into your heart and he begins to pump it into Doug's heart and he begins to pump it into Brother Dupree's heart, all of a sudden we now have a purpose. All of a sudden we are now one. We can't slander our brother. We can't get offended at our brother because we are one. How can my right hand be offended at my left hand? Right? And he says, now, how does it work? It works like this. As the Father is the Father and the Son is the Son, they're one. The purpose is the same. You know, if you don't understand creation, you need to understand Jesus Christ did not come on the scene at Bethlehem. He'd always been here. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with us, was with God. And, and the Word, without Him, nothing was made that was made. So what happened? The father had a plan. Before the foundation of the world, the lamb was slain. He knew we would fall, and he made a redemption play. He had a plan. Jesus stepped out and said, let there be light. Now, I know this goes beyond Sunday school theology. And then what happened? The Holy Spirit made light. Because there are three distinct people, persons, in one. Right? So he said that's the way that they have to be. Why is it important that we're one? Look, this is the pre-sermon, so you might as well get comfortable. I'm going to preach today. So you can just get, I know it's going to snow and winter bliss or whatever. You'll be fine. It won't stop you from going out to eat afterwards. You're going to be safe. So stay with me. That the world may believe that you sent me. When we are not united... When we let something get in our spirit that stops the flips the breaker, that the overload that trips the breaker in our life. And listen, sometimes it happens. Sometimes stuff hits you at the worst time. I looked around on Facebook and everybody's got the epidemic of the flu. Listen, you, when your body's under attack, you can't handle things like you could. But what you can do is realize, uh-oh, something's wrong in my heart. The breaker flipped. And you got to go back to the source because if we're not united, the world's not impacted. I'm not sitting here at this church and just till it dwindles away or goes away. I, God's whole method is growth. It's us getting united, not for numbers or human ambition, but for the kingdom of God that people understand they are rescued out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's the purpose. It's not your petty offense. It's not your little, oh, you don't know, coddle me, coddle me. Get a group together and let's coddle each other. Grow up. This was the message God gave me. Grow up. What the devil does is if he notices a little thing will bother you, he will show you every little thing. You will live a bothered life. You will be puffed up and bothered about everything. Because he don't even have to deal with you with the big stuff. He'll keep the little things just... Whoo. Listen, you don't have to be in ministry long to try to have to grow out of that. It's tough. You'll start noticing all these little things. And the devil will get you all worked up on everything that doesn't matter, but souls that matter. Got to grow past that. It's time we as a church grow past that. We are all one. Does Bethany make me mad sometimes? Yes. Do I make her mad sometimes? Always, probably. 
but we are still unified. The breaker is never flipped. We've had a rule in our marriage since day one. We will not go to bed mad, no matter what. And me, when I get mad, I want to retreat and not discuss. And she's the opposite. Let's get it out and get it over with. Sometimes that's exactly how you have to do with God when you realize that breaker in your heart is flipped and the power is no longer going through you. Amen? You have to get along with him and talk it out. You know what's funny about talking it with God? He always shows you where you did the same thing usually or something worse. And I usually go from being mad at the person to repenting for the way I am. That's what I love about God. He doesn't condemn you. He doesn't beat you over the head. He just says, well, yeah, what about that time you? Oh, yeah, I remember that. And then we have our excuse why we did it, right? I was stressed and I was sick and I was, that's how we got to be one. We have to keep that same mentality towards each other. Amen? I have no idea where I am. I wrote this down and then I want, I, I want to move quick. We must tarry with him to have unity. Listen to me. They were all in one accord in the book of Acts. He said, tarry in Jerusalem until the power falls. Listen to me. We are not growing this church under a marketing plan. You hear me. We're not going to go do data and see what every sinner in here is offended about by the church and then try to take every offense of the cross out of the church. The cross is the message. You don't just come to the cross. You listen to me. The cross has to be carried every day. That's the problem in modern America. We want everybody to come down so we can post on Instagram and all that. Oh, we had 150 walk the aisle. Yeah, but what did they walk to? They just walked to a cross and they said, forgive me. And they walked back the same way. This is a gospel that changes your life. He's a real person. He'll walk with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I am his own. There's a cross. Amen. Sometimes your offense has to be put on the cross. It ain't that big. It ain't that big. You let the devil talk to you, it'll get huge. I can't tell you. It starts about when I'm in the shower every Sunday. Everybody, what everybody's doing, and just, we can fill it circle. That's what I was going to say earlier. When Jesus said, or Paul said, casting down imaginations. That's the same word where it says Jesus cast out devils. Do you know that? I didn't know that. I started researching it in the Greek, and I was like, that's the same word. Like, we, we handle that scripture like casting down imaginations, brother. You're like, oh, well, I probably shouldn't think that. I wish the devil would leave me alone. No, you think when Jesus cast out a devil out of somebody whose son was being tormented, you think he walked out, now leave him alone, devil. No, he had authority. He said, release him, loose him, loose her in the name, my name. He didn't even have to say the name of Jesus. He was Jesus. The same way now we have to say, I cast that offense down every imagination. The devil is a liar. 
You can't sit in my car anymore and be here. In the name of Jesus, flee. I had something happen to me last night. I told Bethany, I started feeling as I'm studying this, the offense start coming up. And I just said, I'm going to the grocery store. I'll be back. And I got in my car, and I cast that devil out of our house and out of our lives. And if he comes back, we'll do it again. Because it's never been my righteousness or my power. We've been given all power in the oneness of the Spirit. That's why we're not where I was going with, we're not going to grow a church of no offense. Look what happened in the world. Well, now people don't like choirs. Let's take the choirs down. So all your big churches, you're yanking their choirs. Well, people don't like this. Let's do this. They're not even asking God what he wants. You can still grow a church unified, one and together with the power of God. You mean tell you how this church will grow? Let us get united and let people walk in here sick and let them leave whole. You won't need marketing. They'll proclaim it everywhere they go. And he'll do it suddenly. I love it. We get united. When you come up to the altar, you can't have your breaker closed and go through the motions of laying hands on somebody you've talked about. I don't know where the power is. It's in your living room where you had them for lunch. Bless them, Jesus. Well, yeah, that's about as worthless of a prayer as there is when your breakers flip. Because you've never had the power to set somebody free, and he always has. I want everybody in this church to grab this, that you can stop the revival if you don't deal with you. Oh, my gosh, I've seen some of the pettiest stuff. I grew up in a minister's home and had a granddad that was a minister. He tells about somebody that didn't get a birthday cake, quit church, quit serving God. They forgot his birthday. We're shaking our head, but I've seen a lot sillier than that around here. The pastor didn't even shake my hand. Probably because he's doing your job meeting all the new people. He's a little busy. Because, see, I thought sheep beget sheep and shepherds beget shepherds. That's what's happening in the church in America. All the responsibilities off the pew now. It's not your fault that there's not unity. Why could it be? It's not your fault, right? Okay. I can tell y'all shut me down on that one. I'm going to get a drink of water and we're going to go round two. <laughs> Back to my original text, Psalms 133.1. I want you to see something. And I really am about to close and I'm not going to stand you up and preach for 20 minutes. Maybe 10. <laughs> Behold how good and pleasant it is for the brothers to dwell together in unity. Okay, we agree with that. Now watch, watch what David compares the unity to. Listen to me, verse 32. It's precious oil. It's the anointing oil on the priest. You listen to me. That's what's missing in American church today. They don't talk about anointing because it scares people. The anointing is what we all have to have to serve God. You can't preach. You can't minister. You know what's wrong? You can put that down. You know what's wrong with a lot of times? I watch these praise teams at these conferences, and boy, they think they're just singing away, and they're just blessing everybody. They had not blessed anybody. 
Because when you're no flesh glories in his presence, it's the musicians have to be anointed. The singers have to be anointed because they have to remember I am nothing. I'm only up here by the gift that he gave me. Why would I boast in something that was given to me? See, these preachers try to fluff your mind full of all these deep theological stuff. They, got the, they don't even have the power of God enough to blow the dust off the speaker. They give you this perfect five-point sermon, and you're entertained, and you said, checked off the list, 30-minute service, going, I'm checking out. That is not what we need. You can't worship in your private time without the anointing. You can't read without the anointing. I'm telling you, it's a dead letter until it's anointed. See, when I came up, we used to pray, God, give me the anointing. You can keep all the other stuff, but if I'm anointed, people will be changed. When I'm anointed, people respond to the anointing because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's a liberty that they are craving in this world today. They are looking at the church for freedom, and we're offering them programs and light things and smoke machines and big egos. I'm so sick of it. I saw a major church in America the other day. I showed Bethany. I said, I can, cannot believe this. In their Christmas program, they had those Hawaiian dancers with their shirts off, with the little thing around there, playing with fire sticks in the sanctuary. And I'm like, that, that's where we are. It's a production. It's beautiful. Might as well go see the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Might as well sit back. Really, actually, the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, I don't know if they had anything on this church. And the pastor was so glowed. Our great Christmas performance. You know what it told me? There wasn't anybody in there that knew God. For he is holy. That does not mean legalism. Really, the more holy you get like God, the more free you really are. It's a lie the devil has told the church. Holiness is rules. No, no, no. Holiness is closer to him. And in his presence is what? Fullness of joy. See, haven't we been lied to? There's no joy. There's no fun if it's all rules. and there's no. Listen, the only way to get real full and really have real joy is to be in his presence. You cannot walk into his presence any old way. Back to unity. I got a good friend that I work with that's going to be preaching for me. He's Pentecostal on, Sun on Wednesday night. His dad's the pastor. His dad's actually the bishop over the Church of God's in Christ for the whole section. And he was talking to me about, oh, I crave Pentecost again. And when I heard that, I was like, oh, man, we got to keep sharing that anointing. Because people out in the world, isn't it funny how we only think about the anointing in here? I'm telling you, Dale's not here because Andy's sick. But when Dale came into the group, I saw him have an anointing in Walmart. We would go to Kmart back then. 
we would go places and the anointing would come on him and he would talk to people just like they're sitting there just in the living room around a cup of coffee. And he, look, there's all, so many guys that came to this group because Dell was anointed out there. And you might not know that about Dell. You don't have to be around him long to realize he's got a heart of gold. His wife, on the other hand. I used her Wednesday night because she's like my sister. And I said, how I know unity and you can be in one. I was like, me and Carissa have knockdown dragouts where we just talk just like we're brothers and sisters. You'd think we hated each other. In five minutes, we are completely cool. It's not that fake cool like, are we cool? Yeah. But they're lying. Like, we're just back to normal because we, that's the relationship we have. That's why I can make fun of her in public. Second Chronicles 30, 12. I just want to read one verse, and this will be my last one, JT. And it says, And even in Judah, the hand of God was on them to give them one heart to do the commandment of the king and the officials by the word of the Lord. Now, I didn't want to read all this for time's sake. You can put that down. So Hezekiah becomes king, and he realizes that the house of God is utterly not being used. They're not keeping the Passover. They're not doing anything they should. So the nation becomes in revival. I'm telling you, you need to read 2 Chronicles 30. It is amazing what God did to a nation. They had completely abandoned him. And Hezekiah said, send out word, come do the Passover. They had so many people come to the Passover that they had to stop getting certain. They had to start getting some of the priests that weren't even ready to help start killing the bulls and offering the blood, which we now know is Jesus Christ, our perfect lamb. They weren't even ready for the influx of people. Every time I read it, I'm like, that's what church should be like. It should be a panic for Brother Roy. Brother Roy should be panicked. Where are we going to park everybody? Where are we going to do with everybody? Brother Hank's going to be out there. What are we going to do? I guess park them across in the grass. We'll walk them over. That's what happened. They were like, wow. And you say, well, I, I kept reading that going. So many kings tried that and it didn't work. What was the difference? The hand of God was there to unite them. They came together arm in arm, brothers and sisters. And they were celebrating the crucifixion. Does that not sound like what we should be doing? We need a restoration of remembering what this place is all about. We need a restoration to remember who's sitting in the pews with us. And I feel like that's what 2018 God wants in our hearts. Any breakers that are flipped in your life. Let him, let, him, let him connect the power back. Flip it back. Every time I, listen, I had so many scriptures that I didn't even, I, I felt like I was drowning in them on unity. Because every church that Paul wrote to, he explains how we're the body and how we move. He always talks about one heart, speak the same things, love the same things, do the same things. You can't find it. Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. I promise I'll show you everywhere. And then Corinthians, he writes 1 Corinthians. And it, I think it's verse 10, he says, I don't understand. I hear, 
there are divisions among you. And some say they are of Paul. Who is Paul? And some say they're of Apollos. Who is Apollos? Some say they're of Cephas. If you don't know who Cephas is, he's Peter. And then you got, <laughs> this is my favorite crowd in the church right here. Some say they're of Jesus. Now, doesn't that sound good? But hadn't you seen that? When there's a little squirmish, you got the self-righteous crowd. I'm of Jesus. They're just as bad as the rest of them. I'm of Jesus. I'm better than that little squirmish that you guys are having. Oh, I know where I am. I'm going to sit right here. And he was like, wait a minute. There's division. That church had a lot of problems, and I'm thankful for that church. He couldn't even get it right and good before they were abusing spiritual gifts. They had a preacher sleeping with his dad's wife. They had all kinds of problems in that church. I'm thankful for it. But the first thing he addressed is not any of that. He addressed their disunity. Because from the disunity among them sprung all the other. You listen to me. Everything else that he addressed, and I'm so thankful he wrote 1 Corinthians 13, showing them that it's love. And you listen to me. Today, if you get right today, it'll only be because you've been the love of God shed abroad in your heart by the Spirit. It's the only way. The compassion, the love, only comes from the Spirit. It's only. It's only coming. Jesus said, I give them, I didn't finish John 17, give them your, my glory so that they may be one. That tells me God is waiting with His glory for you to get in your private time and begin to pray. Let me tell you what would happen, how we could get unity back. I promise. If you took 10 minutes every day, and first you thank God for how good he is and you offered praise to him. But you took the last eight and began to call out people's name and think, you can't talk about somebody you're praying for. It's easy to get offended in that breaker flip when you hadn't been praying for him. When you hadn't been with the Lord, but you talk about the Lord, but you hadn't been with him in a while. Because when you're with him, you understand above all things that oneness is the key. You don't think Satan's been at this forever? One of the greatest services I've ever been in in my life, it was over. Man, we had church for hours. I mean, it was one of those where we started praying for people people's great auntie on the third side once removed because we knew God was here in everything we were saying. He was there. Right? And at the end of it, a silence fell over the whole room. And a message went out in tongues. And the interpretation was this. He said, I will work mightily in your midst if you stay united. And it, that's what started this whole thing. I was laying in bed early, early one morning, and God reminded me, I want to do mighty things at that church, but you have to tell the people they have to get united. They can't just be cordial. They have to love. There has to be a brethren. There has to be a love together. And if we'll get that love flowing in our lives, some of you today are going to have to lay down some petty junk. 
You don't have to go tell them and ask them to forgive you. You don't do all that. Just get the love back. They'll feel it. I will do marvel. I think he said marvelous things in your midst if you'll stay united. And I was like, well, he said, speak up. My voice is going on me. I just, I just thought, man, I can't do it, Lord. There's no way for me to, like, connect all the plugs together. And I just said, we surrender the church to you. I want you to start meeting people in their private time. And don't baptize them right now with anything but love. Let them know how much you love them and let that love how much. I was thinking today in worship, David said, your loving kindness is better than life. If I don't have your loving kindness, what's the point in life? It's amazing. You know why I love coming and talking to Teen Challenge? Because you understand the power of his love. When I get around y'all, I'm just like, yes, I remember that love, my first love. When all I craved was him. I remember when I was even in church and young and people would say things that try to hurt you. I can remember being so in love and close to him that it was like water off a duck's back. I can't be offended at you. How could I be offended when I'm such an offense to God and he's so good to me? When I've been the prodigal more than once and every time I come back, he throws a celebration and he kills the fatted calf. That is an amazing God we serve. And when we get filled with that love, it's a game changer. It's a world changer. Amen? We stay united. Listen, I'm not downplaying good services. I love good services. You know why? Because the fellowship. By the way, the Bible says in Ephesians 5, it's the unity of the Spirit. So God, give us unity. Don't ask God for unity. Get yourself walking in the Spirit. It's His unity already. And that's what's wrong. You've got a church that don't even understand what it means to walk in the Spirit. Yeah, that's actually a real biblical term. Like you don't just visit in the Spirit, you have to walk in Him. I'll tell you what I've learned about Him, His fruits, they keep your mouth shut. I don't know what it is about Him. And He's a gentleman. He, I wish He would use duct tape sometimes and just slap and slug. But you feel His gentleness say, why don't say that? Don't say that. I'm a 50-50 ball right now. And I'm asking Him to take me on with Him. I'm just being honest. Don't you, after you don't listen to him, don't you feel like garbage? Just like, man, all I had to do was one thing. Be quiet. And I know I'm the only one, so it's okay. Y'all just keep looking at me. But if the church started walking in the spirit, there's nothing but love. I'll say this last thing for real. And I'm 15 minutes early, so don't, don't even be mad. When we get to the place that we realize nobody cares about your opinion. I know that society now has taught you how to tweet 
and how to put responses out there, how you feel about everything. These poor girls working at Jack's. I see people bash them. The line's too long. They're so slow. I'm like, they're not making any money, people. Are you kidding me? You should go work a little fast food for a while. Get up there at 6 a.m. and it's 12 and they have to deal with you. I'm telling you, sometimes I just am amazed that they don't just throw the hat down and be like, deuces, I'll go work at Walmart. But everybody has an opinion nowadays. And it creeps into the church. Well, I don't think this, and I don't like this, and I don't think that. We don't want to submit to authority. What if the authority's wrong? What if it's wrong? It's so funny how this method doesn't translate from the world to the church. You know how many bosses I've had? I had a boss one time when I was 15 and dad made me get a job working construction. He didn't believe in nail guns. We built decks. He didn't believe in nail guns. Like I could have been like, pa-poom, 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 plant done. No, we do it old school. We're going to drive that thing. You think I got mad and quit? No way. Submitted to authority. Said, give me a hammer, sir. Let it come into church, though. Let them change something you don't like. You know what my mom and Jesse used to call this? Letting it soak. Soak that toe, baby. Just let it soak. I don't even know what kind of concoction she put in that pan. There's no telling. Let it soak. Soak them toes. We need to think about it. We do anything the world tells us to do. We submit to authority. We don't even like it half the time. But man, we come in church with a different attitude. Like instead of the servants are the greatest among you, we're the entitled. I'm going to close. I want God to do something in the altars. I've, I've gone too long. Here's what I want today. I want everybody to stand up. I want the band to come. Listen, the band's going to come. Everybody's going to watch them. It's okay. I don't know why we watch them, but we watch them. That, the third step over there is going to squeak every time they walk up it. Trust me. I'll sit right there and I'll notice. But the way that we can have a happy new year is that every single person in this building deals with the breaker the power's here if you want to change ask him to help you flip the breaker there was somebody in my life that I could not love I didn't even like them I'll just be honest with you I tell Bethany so many times I don't even like them I don't like being around them our personalities are just sharp contrast this was years and years ago and I came down to the altar and I told the Lord, I was like, I don't even like them. I'll be honest, I don't like them. Some of you might feel like that about me. <laughs> and yes, God did touch me with his glory that Jesus said is there. But he also gave me a charge. 
He charged me to start praying for him every day. When I get in my truck, I would pray for him driving down the road. I would begin to pray. And the more I prayed and the more I prayed and the more I prayed, God never changed them one bit, Miss Paula. He changed me. And now they're off and you know what we talk and I love them and they love me. I'm not trying to preach you like this thing is just so easy. Sometimes the breaker gets a little rust because it's been in the off position for too long. And you've got to get that WD-40 of the Holy Spirit in there and you've got to work it out. Please don't spray real WD-40 in your breaker box. <laughs> Please. But today, deal with it. I've seen people have issues in their family and they have such hatred towards a parent. I'll tell you like a friend told me about that. You holding on to that is like you drinking poison expecting them to die. They're not going to. You're going to die. Deal with it today. I feel God. Deal with it today. I'm telling you, what if they really did terrible things? Deal with it today. It's only affecting you. Come up here today and talk to the Lord. I love Joyce Myers. Her father raped her every day as a kid. And before it was over, you know what she did? She bought him a house behind her. She took care of him as he died. You said, that's crazy. I'd have shot him with a pistol. Well, that's what all of us that are normal will do. But when we get in the spirit, it's a new level. And I think sometimes, if she can love him, I want to know that kind of love. I want to get into that part of Christ that I haven't seen yet. I want to love like that. That takes the son of thunder and turns him to John the Beloved. telling you if your breakers flipped off today flip it back on and let the power come back the Holy Spirit will change you he'll he'll metamorphosize you Romans 12 to Christ